The Business Animal Podcast is proudly sponsored by WP Engine, your resource for managed WordPress hosting, and Keep, the premier CRM software for small business. Head over to thebusinessanimal.com for the best deals on these two amazing products. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey, business animals, it's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. <laughs> Hi, Kara. So today's episode is about being accountable to your business. Kira, I'm going to let you intro this one because you've done a lot of work on this episode. Take the spotlight, my friend. Yeah, sure. So, okay. So I think one of the most important things as business owners is to develop skills that can increase our accountability to our business. As animal, equine, and pet-based business owners, we're oftentimes, I say it all the time, we're on this island by ourselves, you know, hanging out, trying to get our, our work done. We're very much alone in our business, which often means that when we talk about accountability, we're talking about being accountable to ourselves, sometimes our clients, but a lot of times it's being accountable to ourselves because that trickles down to the work that we do for our clients. So what we're going to talk about today, I think, is how to be more accountable to your business, talk a little bit about what happens in our business when you're not good at being accountable, and to talk a little bit about that. And one of the things that I think about that I found really interesting when kind of researching this topic that really hit me hard and made me think was that in the early years of our lives, we are taught to be accountable to someone. It's a parent. Oftentimes it starts as a parent. We're accountable to our parents. We're accountable to a teacher. Maybe we're accountable to a coach or a sports team, a professor, and then later on our employer. But then what happens when we decide to take that small business and run with it, right? And suddenly we're accountable to ourselves. And the only person that's standing there holding us accountable is ourselves. So just think about it. In some cases, when we were younger, there were actually rewards or consequences if we weren't accountable. But what happens in your business if you're not accountable to yourself? So I found that concept really interesting because how good am I at holding myself accountable? I don't know. You know, so just it really got me thinking about that. What do you think about that topic, Kim? This is eye-opening for me because you're spot on. And I watch entrepreneurs when they very first start their business businesses really, really struggle with this. And it's a mind-blowing moment for me to realize it's because it's a skill we're never taught. We simply do not have that skill to be self-accountable because everything we do in our school, in our employment, in all of it, to our parents, to authority figures, we're always held accountable by someone else. And in our small businesses, the person that it, that it lives and dies with is us. And that is a skill set that you have to create within yourself. There's no damn manual for that that I've found. <laughs> and there's nobody there to give you a consequence if you're not doing the things that you need to do, holding up your end of the bargain. You know what I mean? Like you lose your business, your business fails, or you lose a client 
or you get a bad reputation in your industry. Yeah, exactly. And I think back in season one, we did an episode with my friend Julie Cortez, who teaches freelancers. She's a freelance rock star is her title. And she talks to people who want to start a freelance business about creating things in their world that help them become accountable. And to my knowledge, that's as close to a course type of a skill set that's around what we're talking about today. Some of her suggestions, and you can go back and listen to the episode, Julie is an amazing person, but are like, get up and get dressed for business. You know, make sure you're ready to, to go. Don't, if you're working from home, don't show up to your computer in your house dress and your, God, do they, people even wear house dresses anymore, <laughs> your pajamas. But yeah, you show up for your business in a different way. And yeah, we don't have this skill set. It's not something that we're used to. And it damn sure feels uncomfortable when you're starting out. And it probably does cause a lot of failures in businesses because people aren't able to make that switch over. Awesome. So you ready to jump into the big three? Yeah. All right. So our big three for being accountable in your business. Number one is be very clear in your vision. And Kim and I have a funny story to share about when we were going over this topic and that that Kim will share with you. And number two is take active steps to minimize the impulses that can lead you astray. And I really loved this one. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then number three, find someone to hold you accountable. Hello, we've been talking about how we're in our small business and we have no one to hold us accountable. So what can that look like? So Kim, do you want to jump into number one about being very clear in your vision? Yes. So vision work is something that I use not only in developing my own business, but also with my clients, because I really feel like unless you know where you want to get, you're not going to get there. In other words, you're not going to be able to create the future that you want unless you have an idea of what that future is. You're just kind of floundering around out here with no no clear direction or concept. The place where Kara and I part ways in this process is Kara as a high SJ. <laughs> she needs to, when she creates her vision, if it doesn't feel feasible to her, in other words, if she can't see a clear path to where that is, she struggles with putting it in her vision. It may be something that she wants, but it, without that clear path, it's really hard for her to think that's possible. Myself as an NF, which is a different typology, I have zero problems with that. I'll put anything I want in there. I don't worry how it's going to happen. I know that if I write it down, I don't have to have the from here to there figured out because the universe will take care of that for me. So to me, my visions are love letters to my future self and to the universe about what I want for this life's relationship. And I don't need to know the how. I just need to know where <laughs> and what. <laughs> Whereas if I can't see the clear path, it's really hard for me. And I have to have those small, actionable steps. I have to see the little stepping stones that I can cross in order to get to that goal. Otherwise, I'm like, I don't know if I can make this a goal for my business because I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. And that's what I think makes partnerships like ours so awesome because I can dream the big thing and you'll look at it and go, okay, so how do we get from where we are 
to that. And then those steps start to, to come there. in. Yeah. Where's the bridge? Yeah. Where is the bridge? Where where yep. is the pieces? So the the ultimate goal in this is dependent upon again your typology. If you're like Kara, your challenge in creating a clear vision is to get yourself out of your comfort zone. So an example that I gave Kara when we were talking is if she wants to have a house in the Caribbean where she spends half of her year with her family and and the other half of the year in Florida. I don't know why I'm putting you in the Caribbean, but we're going to do that. But if she wants, she wants to own a home there and she's sitting here in Florida going, I'm a photographer in Florida. My husband has this job where he he's really tied to our area. You know, I have a child that's in school. How on earth am I going to own a home in the Caribbean and get there half of the year? Go ahead and write it in your vision. If that is something you would want <laughs> and work toward that. You don't need to know the path. So no matter how crazy it is, go ahead and put it in your vision if it's something that you want in your life. And then the challenge for folks like myself that are NFs is to go ahead and write that big vision and put it out there, but then go back and read it and think, what is one small step that I can take to get in the direction of being able to accomplish that? We can't always depend on a Kara wandering into your life and going, oh, I like this. Let's figure out what we need to do. And here's this step and this step and this step. And by the way, I'm going to go to the lumber store and we're going to build this bridge to get where we need to go. Because if you're going to be accountable to your business, you have to have those steps that you're taking and you've got to be able to see that path to me anyway. And they have to be something that, that you can do. Are you looking to bring awareness to your equine-based product or service or create a unique way for your audience to feel connected to your brand? Quality horse photos tell your story and breathe life into your marketing. They draw your customers in and create an emotional connection. Powerful images communicate your core values and highlight the benefits your product offers, ultimately proving your business is a voice your customers can trust. It's time to use dynamic images that define your small business and separate you from the rest of the herd. Fast Horse Photography's professional photo library features thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and marketing needs is easier than ever. Help your audience see that your brand offers the answers they are looking for. Search for the perfect images for your equine business right now. Spur your customers into action with FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. My big message to SJs of the world is dream bigger, dream bigger. I love the quote of if your dreams or if your vision doesn't scare you a little, it's not big enough. If you can see everything and how you're going to get to it in your vision, you're not going far enough into the future or you're not pushing out those boundaries. Because I feel like that's a life journey for all of us in that we do need to push those boundaries because there's a need for that. So don't be afraid to push your boundaries. And for those of you who like to float around in the future with me, <laughs> be looking for your looking for your touchstones to get yourself there rather than just depending on the cloud to come up and carry you. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so let's move into number two, taking active steps to minimize the impulses that can lead you astray. This is the big one for me. So the first thing I have here is figure out the things that are sucking your time, that are pulling you away from your business, that are keeping you from being accountable in your business. You've got to remove those distractions. So I'm picturing someone's hearing their phone ping and they need to check and then they get lost in Instagram for 30 minutes of their day when they were in the middle of sending invoices. So thinking about those things. So if you can remove those distractions, some of the most productive people that are most accountable in what they do, they actually create space so they can sit down, get their work done, and they're not being distracted and they're not being sucked away. Some great examples are, can you put your phone in another room for a little while? I know we're all business owners and we don't want to miss a call, but can we say I'm putting my phone in the other room for an hour and I'm going to time block and I'm going to get, for me, this editing done without getting distracted by a text message or an email or a Facebook ping or an Instagram reel or something that's going to suck my time away. One of the things that I do that keeps me accountable is I set alarms all day long. So it sounds kind of silly, but if I don't set alarms, I can't focus on the task at hand because I'm worried I'm going to miss the next thing I need to be doing. So if I've got a mentoring call set up, I'm afraid if I don't set an alarm, or if I get focused on something, I'll forget to log into the mentoring call. So I set an alarm that will tell me, okay, it's time for you to stop what you're doing. And then I can let go of the worry and the stress that is distracting me from being able to focus. So I set alarms all day long that helps me focus. The next piece is if you can create an environment where there are less distractions, such as phone, your social apps, your email, your TV, your family members, you know, coming up and down in and out of your office, asking you for help. <laughs> if you can set up an environment that allows you to not have to struggle so much with the things that you have a hard time with self-control around, like if it's your social media or your text messages, if you can set up a space for that, I think it can lead to us getting more accomplished in our day and being able to focus and be more accountable to our business. What can you add to that or comment on that? I can add a couple of things. One thing that figuring out what's sucking your time, those energy vampires that are kind of hanging off of you, I think that is a true key in all of this. And a big lesson I had when my consulting business, as it became more and more successful, it got to be tracking time for clients got to be a huge thing. I ended up because I was paid by the hour, which by the way, if you're a consultant, I highly recommend against. It's not a good business model, but it's a model that a lot of businesses take on that do professional services like I do, where it's consulting and that kind of thing. It's much better to have a package-based practice than an hourly-based practice, but I digress. The thing that's important here is that the time issue became an issue for my clients. In other words, I had to know exactly how much time I was spending with each client, with each project and the accountability for it because they expected this report, which I stupidly created the expectation for with them. What ended up happening is I ended up having to hire an employee who's full-time job it was to track me and the other employees in the business and to know exactly what we worked on, how much time we spent on it, what client it went to, and what their billing was for that particular thing. And it created a 
monumental problem for me with my clients, which is a story for another day. But what it taught me was how much of my time got sucked up in figuring out how much time I was spending on things. <laughs> there's got to be an app for that these days, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, there's, there is. People have come up with really creative ways to solve this problem, by the way. My favorite one is that there's a little ball that you can get. It's actually a multi-sided thing. I think it even has, it's, I have no idea what you call it. I, I am a liberal arts major. I past geometry, but that's as far as it got. But it's a multi-sided little thing that you put on your desk and you program whatever side it's sitting on to be whatever task that you repeat. And so all you have to do is flip the ball. So you would like create one little side, you'd program it for each of your clients. And when you worked on their project, you would put it on that side and then it would set the timer for that side. And then you'd flip it and flip it and flip it and flip it all day long. Personally, I don't want to be accountable to a ball. So I, I'll be accountable to myself, but I'm not going to be accountable to this crazy little gadget on my desk. What I ended up doing was completely changing the way I worked with my clients. It made them happier. It made me happier. And it freed up that employee's full time to be able to work on projects, which allowed us to take on more business, which allowed us to make more money. So what Kara's point here is, and what my story is leading you to, is that this is a monumentally important activity in your business, because when you understand it, then you can make the changes that make it feel good. And I can focus in a world like you had mentioned about focus and removing distractions. I can focus. I can focus really well. As a matter of fact, chaos makes me focus better. The The bigger the chaos in the situation that I'm in, the better that I am able to tune it out. I do my best creative work in a noisy environment, which really makes people go, what the heck is wrong with you? But if I actively tune it out, I'm able to focus better. So for me, the chaos actually works in my favor. But I know there are other people that can't do that. And it would be easier to have that quieter environment. And like you, Kara, I set alarms, but I set them because I do tune everything out. And I will get lost in a project. And I will like look at the clock when I start and it's nine o'clock. And if I get really focused into that project, the next time I look up will be like two o'clock in the afternoon and I've missed all my meetings. <laughs> Oh, I set my alarms to ping me for that. That's what happens, I think, is when you're when you are able to like finally remove the distractions and be accountable in your business and you're you're doing the things that you need to be doing is that you can get lost in them and forget that you have other things to do. So I actually the thing with the phone, I actually discovered that kind of by accident. I was working and I had been just solidly just working for like an hour, which is rare for me. I tend to be easily, very easily distracted. My phone will ping, it'll vibrate, something will pull my thoughts away from what I'm working on all day long. And I had left my phone upstairs and I had just been working and I was really knocking stuff out and feeling really good about myself. And I needed to send a text message to the client because I had a question about the invoice I was sending and I realized I couldn't find my phone anywhere. And because my phone is a time suck for me, I'll get a, I'll get distracted and lost real easy in it. And I realized that if I just go put this in another room for an hour, I'll forget about it and I will get 
whatever this monumental task is that I need to get done done. So I think anytime you can take some active steps to really minimize those things that are pulling you away from what you need to focus on, the things that are sucking your time, but you first have to figure out what it is that is sucking your time. You know, where are you spending all your time? You know, when you need to be doing your work, when you need to be doing the job, the work of your business. And sometimes that's half the battle is figuring out where did all my time go? What did I accomplish today? Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business.com. See you there. There are coaches out there that'll help you figure that out, by the way. That'll help you. Which is rolling us right into number three, which is find someone to hold you accountable. And this has been huge in my business. It's huge. It's been huge in our partnership with the podcasts. It's been huge with Cowgirls with Cameras. You know, having partners that you can check in with on a regular basis about the things that you said you were going to work on that you were going to accomplish is huge for accountability. So you might be running a business on your own and you might be out there on your own little island, but there is no reason if you need an accountability person that you can't find one. I was just sitting here thinking, I know it's not in your list here that you're going to talk over. But one of the things that I found super interesting with us is like when we're working on things, there are times Kara and I will be on Zoom and we'll be talking about something and then we'll both get to working. And it's like I'm working with somebody else in the office, which really appeals to my extrovert. I'm not sure what your introvert gets out of it. I don't even need Kara to hold me accountable. I just need her picture to be on Zoom to kind of glue me into my office chair and to help me focus and to be there to like co-work on Zoom. And I know it sounds freaking crazy, but it works. And it's highly beneficial if you have a work buddy that's okay with sitting there with you on Zoom and just holding space for you, not even really saying, you know, what did you get done or are you working on this, but just simply holding space for you and you holding space for them. Now, other people in our world don't find that situation comfortable. It's like, okay, I'm done with Zoom. I want off the Zoom call. But certain temperaments and certain personalities, I think, get a lot of benefit from it. And I think we feel weird asking for for it. But I think it's really important. And I started changing in my courses that I teach. I try now to build time in for people to work within the designated course time to where we leave the Zoom channel open and we work on things. I lead a writing group every Monday morning. We get together and we write blog posts. And the whole group is predicated on the fact that that we pick words is what we do. And then we designate 20 minutes and the Zoom channel stays open and it keeps you focused on getting your blog post written. It is the most amazing thing. We've been going on over two years now (laughs) with this group and it really is beneficial because everybody gets a blog post pretty 
much every Monday morning. It's designated work time. Because what happens a lot of times is we say to ourselves, okay, I just need to find the time to do that, but I've got to get all this other stuff done first. And this is time when, you know, for us with the business animal, for example, we might have different things that we're working on. But if we're on Zoom together, we might be silent just doing our work or bouncing ideas off of each other as we need to. But that's our designated time to do that. That's our designated time to be accountable to the Business Animal Podcast. Because I guarantee both of us, the second we hang up that Zoom, we're checking our phones, we're checking our email, we're on to the next thing. But I know during that time period, we are being accountable to the business animal at that time. So I think that's huge. And I love that you've incorporated that into your creative writing group, because I could really see how how that can give people a small segment of the day that they can't find anywhere else, but they're committed during that time period. So they're being super productive. I love that. And it also spurs them to do it faster because they only have 20 minutes. So they don't spend a lot of time dilly-dallying. Like if they if they even marked off on their calendar, I'm going to spend an hour writing a blog post, they would spend maybe 40 minutes of that dilly-dallying around. With this, they got 20 minutes and then they're expected to read their post back to the group. So it condenses that that experiment down into something really, really small. And no, they don't always finish in the 20 minutes, but it really does work well. So find yourself somebody to do that with. Find yourself a person to help you. Another business owner is a great way to, even if they're not in the exact same line of work that you are, just having somebody that also needs to be held accountable and that you can talk to and set your goals with. We have a Monday morning group of photographers that, you know, at the beginning of the year, we announce our goals for the year. And then we do check-ins throughout the year to see where we are. And I'll tell you, knowing that they are going to ask me how I'm doing on my goals makes me more likely to make progress on them because I want to be able to report to them that, hell yeah, I'm kicking ass on my goal. Or instead of, yeah, you know what? I haven't even thought about that since we wrote it down. I've just been too busy doing other things. And so that is huge. Another good thing to consider is a mentor might be a good choice here. You know, having someone that's checking in on you and asking the hard questions about the progress will keep you moving forward. So you might be working with a mentor and they're asking you, okay, well, how are you going in terms of, you know, reaching this goal in your business or getting this job done in your business? And if you're checking in with them and you're not making a lot of progress, a mentor is a great person to maybe get to the heart of maybe we need to add some concrete steps in here. Maybe if you're like Kara, me, you need to know what those steps look like. And so let's actually sit down and figure those out together so that you can move forward. So a mentor is a great option here. And then, you know, you've got to make the regular check-ins part of the routine. We are taught to be accountable to somebody else. And you shouldn't beat yourself up if you're struggling with this, especially at the beginning of your business, but at any point in time, I don't mean to just say that, but like any point that you're struggling with becoming accountable to your business, it's because you haven't built the skill set up yet. And so having that person, the mentor, the coach, the business, other business owner that is just your accountability partner, that goes back to something that feels more comfortable and easy. We need to make life easier. So definitely having an accountability partner, I think, is a huge benefit. I would just say that the big takeaway here is that accountability is not always going to be an easy thing, but there are some steps that you can take in your business to be more accountable 
to your business and to your clients, to the animals that you serve. So the big three, once again, be very clear on your vision. You know, make sure that that project that you want to achieve is clear and it's not subjective. And that if you're like Kim and you like to put the big goal out there, then find a way to identify the steps that it takes to get you there. If you're like me and you're terrified to put the big goal out there because you can't see the way, then be brave, scare yourself a little bit, put the big goal out there, and then work with someone if you need to, to find the stepping stones to get there. And then number two, take some active steps to minimize the impulses that can lead you astray. This one was huge for me. And the biggest part of that was literally just figuring out what the heck was happening with all my time. What is the time suck that was taking away from the hours that I was spending in the studio? And then the third piece is do not be afraid to find someone to hold you accountable, an accountability buddy, someone else in the business that also, you know, wants to work with you to be accountable, someone that's willing to sit on a Zoom call with you so that you can work on your island and she can work on her island, but the two of you are knocking out stuff together. Find a mentor, someone that's willing to do regular check-ins with you and help you find the steps that you need to be accountable. So I think that's it for us today. I love this episode, Kim. I think um, it got me motivated again to go back and think about those distractions. And if you guys are online, please stop by and say hi over on Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you guys. Also, if you haven't enjoyed, um, I think we're 60 at this point, 67 episodes in. Can you believe that, Kim? 67 episodes. If you've enjoyed them, if you've gotten something out of them, please stop by um, wherever you listen and leave us a rating or review. If you don't already follow the show, click the little follow. All of that helps us get seen or listened to by other animal-based business owners out there. That's it for us today. We hope you guys have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.